Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So today we're going to be kicking off our Tell Your Story series. And this is all about evangelism. So every believer and every non-believer alike has a bit of an internal response when it comes to this topic of evangelism. Maybe for you, you think about, you know, the likes of Billy Graham and his worldwide crusades. Maybe it's all about, um, you know, going and chatting with strangers, knocking on their doors. Maybe you're the one who's hiding in the house with the curtains drawn as you see those people coming to knock on your door. Maybe it's your own personal experience of coming to the faith or the times we've had the the privilege of leading others into salvation. For some, there's an excitement and there's an eagerness in the prospect of sharing the faith. But if you're anything like the majority of Christians today, that same prospect makes you squirm in your seat while you wrestle with the reality of what it is that you are called to be a part of know to be true, but find all too daunting. You are not alone. In this series, we want to spend some time demystifying what it means to share your faith. We want to break it down. So we want to challenge some thinking, address some of those barriers that we all face when it comes to sharing our faith, and equip you with some practical tools to help you Not shy away from this, but embrace this great task. Because here is the thing. You and I are God's plan for reaching this world. And to that you may think, well, God, help us all. And in that you would be right. But we will get to that. So when Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, his instructions to them were, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the creation. And to all believers, he says, it is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, Jesus' instructions are clear. While we don't fully understand the timing of God's plans, In the meantime, we are called to share the gospel with people who don't yet know him. And that's the good news of God's love for all created people. His desire for relationship with them and the gift of grace that only comes through Jesus' salvation, uh, through Jesus' death and resurrection. And these um, instructions are echoed again through the scriptures in the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you till the end of the age. So we have a call, and it's not a small one. But a study conducted last year by the Barna Group found that the majority of Christians today about 64% believe that sharing the gospel is optional. And if that is what is believed, 
then that is what is lived out. So the message of the gospel is a challenging message. I don't think anyone would deny that. And we live in a day and age where it's just, it's not okay to challenge or be challenged in the area of beliefs. My truth is my truth, yours is yours, and nobody can challenge the truth I hold. Yet the gospel does. And what's more, our culture says that what comes out of each truth must be accepted and tolerated, increasingly so. Except, of course, those things that you believe don't tolerate you and then you don't have to tolerate it and then we all get caught up in who's tolerating who and who's not tolerating what should be tolerated and we're as confused as that should have made you. But you know the gospel doesn't tolerate everything. So the common message is that if we do not agree or accept the beliefs and practices of others then we do not accept that person. And it's a lie that's been weaved through our culture. And it has huge impacts on the way that we share our faith. Nobody wants to be someone who doesn't accept others. Yet we don't have to look very far around us to see that our world is hurting badly. That some of the premises on which we function, no matter how well-intentioned they are, they're just not working for humanity. And that challenge in many respects is needed. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Some would say that the gospel is radical. You know, our society actually isn't anti-radical. It actually embraces the radical. In so many ways, our culture applauds and honours where people push back and fight passionately for a cause or do something that's not of the norm or give up their lives for something that's bigger than themselves. You know, the world can handle radical and looking around, arguably, something radical is needed. So the very nature of the gospel that we must understand is that while it is challenging, And it's not all accepting and it's not all tolerating. It is all embracing of people. And how we go about sharing our faith must reflect that. The gospel of grace isn't just another truth because God knows the world doesn't need just another truth. It needs a truth that has power to bring transformation. Making more and more things allowable and acceptable doesn't heal us or our world. Healing comes from the God who sees and knows. He cares, he understands, he loves radically, he delivers, he redeems, he renews, he forgives and he saves. He brings life to a dying world through relationship with him and we are his plan for bringing that life. So 2 Corinthians 5, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
So as believers, sharing the gospel and drawing others to God isn't optional. It's who we are. And it starts with your story. So your story carries power to connect and reconcile others to God. And if you are God's plan for reaching out into this world and to others, then your story is the bridge that he has built for you to walk others over to him. By nature, we are storytellers. So stories are how we make ourselves known and how others um, get to know us. We get to know them. We get to know the world around us. It's at the heart of the human way and we do it all the time. You would pick up on this if you've spent any time with a child at all. Children are incredible storytellers. Every time I pick up my children from daycare in the afternoon, on the days that they're there, and I ask them, you know, how was your day? What comes out is these detail after detail after detail of what that happened and that, who did that and they did that and then the teacher said this and then that person was naughty today. And, you know, it's just reeled out, you know, detail after detail, not all of them embedded in reality. But by the time, you know, the three-minute drive home is over, my head is spinning because children have this incredible way of telling stories. We do it naturally. So think about it. What is it that you do when you catch up with a friend? So sharing stories is what genuinely connects and impacts people. Just as books draw us into the lives of characters, so our life's stories draw others into a place of understanding us and we them. Jesus modelled this. He himself used stories to teach and connect people to God in a way that they could actually understand God and in a way that, that said to them, you know, God understands me. So your first take-home point from today is this. Your story carries the power to impact others' lives and draw them to God. Because when it comes to the battle for people's souls and over the enemy that's trying to take them, God has established an incontestable and powerful partnership between what Jesus did on the cross and the story of that outworked in our lives. It's the marriage of power and truth, and it's how the battle is won. Revelations 12, then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon was not strong enough and no longer was any place found in heaven for him and his angels. And the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, he who accuses them day and night before our God. They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your power is outworked supernaturally when you speak out the truth of what Jesus' death and resurrection has done in your life. It's humanity that God is pursuing, so of course he would make the human story count. He sent Jesus to live as a human to draw people to him. And Jesus lived in power and in truth. And if you're here today and you've invited Christ into your life, then your story is intended to continue to draw people to him in power and in truth. I don't actually have a salvation story. 
And don't panic. I'm not in ministry unsaved. I am saved, <laughs> categorically, <laughs> many times over. But I just don't remember the first time that I gave my life to Christ. I was, I was too young to remember. I've been praying for the memory back. Um, but I have countless stories of what God has done in my life, where he's healed me, where he's freed me, where he's provided for me, where he's come through for me time and time again. And at any given time, I am living in a testimony in the making. And so are you. I have a friend who I catch up with semi-regularly. And the first question we always ask each other is, what is God doing in your life? Because he is always doing something. It's not just the story of your salvation, but the stories of what God has been for you and what Jesus made possible in your life that carry power. And, you know, God's going to continue to do incredible things in your life because he loves you. He loves you. He wants you healed. He wants you free. He wants you living and overcoming in this life. But your trials and your triumphs are never just about you. His power is destined to go beyond you to impact others. Psalm 71, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. So what has God done in your life? What is he doing in your life? Because it isn't just for you. You In Luke we read of an encounter between Jesus and the demoniac. So this is a man who carried and was tormented by a legion of demons. He had been removed from society out of town because nobody could help him. There was no human answer for this man anymore. And he was bound in chains to protect himself and to protect others. But he kept breaking them. Such was the, you know, the power of what it is that had a hold of him. And Jesus went to him. You know, he traveled out of the way to get to this man. And there's going to be many times where we will be required to go out of our way to bring to people what it is that Jesus has for them. And there's so much in this story, and we don't have time to look at it all, but Jesus ultimately, he frees this man from every single demon. So let's look at what happens next. In Luke 8, the people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man whom the demons had gone out, uh, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it reported them to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well. And all the people of the country of the Gerasenes and the surrounding district asked Jesus to leave them, for they were gripped with great fear. And he got into a boat and returned. But the man from whom the demons had gone out was begging Jesus that he might accompany him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Even where the people were afraid of God's power, even when they rejected Jesus, he didn't leave them with nothing. Jesus physically left the people of the Gerasene region that day. But his power to save them remained in the testimony of the healed man. He instructed him, you stay, you share your story of what it is that I have done 
with these people. Our world has rejected Jesus. But you and I are here to tell of what it is that he has done in us. To see his power continue to change others' lives. So what family and friends, what community, what workplace, what school are you positioned in? Because it's there that your story is intended to have an impact. So the second point of today is connection is key and there is a key to connection. I said earlier that evangelism starts with your story. It's a little bit misleading. It actually starts with the story of others. If our testimony is the bridge between people and God, then we must first start where people are in their story. Every person desires to be known. Every person on the planet desires to be truly known. And if we want to connect with people, we must hear their story. What's so powerful about God's plan to reach people through people is that we actually all have, as human beings, have a shared story. And that's the story of struggle. As the saying goes, there is no life without struggle. Believers and non-believers alike, we are all born into a broken world and our lives are impacted by sin. And it's in the challenges of our lives, in the things that are so much harder to talk to others about, that people often experience aloneness. These things that are hidden beneath the brave face and the small talk that contribute to the epidemic of isolation that we have in our community. So taking the time to hear people is required to move through the shallow waters of their lives and to genuinely connect person to person at that point of struggle. So part of the, the answer that you bring is that you're not being afraid to sit in the really tough stuff with people. You won't feel adequate to deal with it. It won't be comfortable, but that's okay. Because God is able where we are not. And we don't have to have it all together ourselves to share with others. Not having it all together isn't evidence that God is not who he says he is. It's evidence that we are each a work in progress. So God is in our broken places. And as his representatives, we meet others in that place. Remember, the gospel is all embracing of people. So we embrace all. The good, the bad, and the downright messy. And what God has shown to you in your struggle, you show to others in theirs. So we who know the saviour that has rescued us, who have experienced God's power to overcome, who know the victory he brings and who know that there are things that only God can do, we get to take the hands of others and walk them over the bridge of our story to a personal encounter. So the scriptures put it this way, this life was revealed to us and we have seen it and testify about it. We declare to you this eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard we declare to you so that you too can have fellowship with us. Now this fellowship of ours is with the Father and with his Son Jesus the Messiah. About six weeks ago a friend of mine um, was diagnosed with cancer and I've been friends with her for about 28 years. 
And in that time, we've seen some highs and lows together. So she grew up in the church, but she never came to a faith of her own. And over the years, we've actually clashed a little bit on the the point of God and, and faith. But we've endured. We've overcome difference and time. And for nearly 20 years, I have prayed for her salvation. When she was diagnosed, she contacted me. And I raced over and sat down on her couch. And she talked through all the possible implications of what this might mean for her. And I couldn't fix any of it. But all along I was praying for her. And then God said, I want you to pray with her. And I was like, oh, God. I wrestled. I really wrestled. You know, I don't know where she's at with you, God. I don't know, you know, what she believes about you. What if this comes between our friendship? What if she pushes me away? What if she thinks I'm imposing my beliefs on her? But what if I don't? And she never knew you cared. So I braved it. And I said to her, you know, I've been praying for you and I'd really love to pray with you if that's okay. And she she teared up and she said, you know, I've been wanting that. You'd be surprised how many people will accept prayer when they're in the tough places. Everyone's looking for an answer in their struggle. So in the hospital, I lay hands on her and I prayed for her and God showed up for her. You know, I've never lived with cancer, but I've struggled and I've lived in despair and I've been terrified of what was to be. And I've seen God come through for me time and time again. And since that day, we've talked more and more and and she's talked about what she believes God did for her in that time of prayer and and I've shared more and more about my story of what it is that God's done for me and what I I believe he wants to do for her too and just last weekend she said to me I know I can see him working this out she's turning to him she's trusting him and what has been key to connecting with her each step of the way is hearing God's voice listening for what it is that he has wanted to do and say at every opportunity. Because God is so for this process of connecting with people. He is pursuing people relentlessly. And because he is working with you to do that, he wants to speak to you about it. You know, the great evangelist Billy Graham said, Christ not only died for all, he died for each. God has a plan for the each. Even the ones that we think would never turn to him. Ephesians 2, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You aren't required to reach every person, but he has prepared good and divine works in the lives of others for you. And he will walk you through that one step at a time if you open your eyes and your ears to him. You can actually ask God to show you the who. You know, look around you. He will highlight people. We pray for those people. 
watch those people. You know, I'm not talking about staring through their lounge room windows kind of watching because your evangelistic efforts are going to very quickly come to an end by some members of the Australian Federal Police. And so they should. Don't be weird. That's another take-home message. Don't be weird. But watch with spiritual eyes. Look for readiness for encounter. So that might look like someone whose interest is sparked in a conversation, who has an open response to an invitation to connect more deeply, or who pays attention when you share something of your world. So we look for opportunities. Some of those are going to present themselves to us, but others we create by offering an invitation to connect. And ask about people. Ask about them, genuinely, with interest. What's their story? And listen for the struggle, because we're all in that space. And hear what God wants to do and say in every opportunity. And be brave. Share your story. Get the band up. So that brings us to our final point, and here it is. In reaching the world, we have everything to lose and everything to gain. You and every person in the history of building the church who has been called to reach out to unbelievers has been afraid, has at times been disliked or even hated, has lost out, has missed the mark, and has doubted, has weighed up the possibilities and impossibilities of where people are at, has made themselves vulnerable beyond their own comfort, and has been hurt and rejected. I wish I could tell you that sharing your story is not going to require personal sacrifice, but I can't. It's just not true. For the battle over people's eternal destinies is great. And as representatives of Christ in that, the personal risk is great. But the prize of people encountering God is greater still. Fear or faith, whatever you focus on will win. I could have let fear win over and not prayed with my friend. I really wrestled with it. And I hate to say that there has been just as many times where I have let fear shout down faith and not acted on what it is that God has asked of me as there have been the times where I have chosen courage. Sharing your faith is not a comfortable thing. And if you're waiting for comfort, it's, it's not going to come. But if you choose courage, you will see the glory of God in the lives of others. And what I know to be true, what I've experienced time and time again in my own life, is that as you take a risk and choose faith, every battle that you have fought in your own life bears fruit in the life of another. There is a beautiful redemption that God has for you in seeing what has come at great cost and struggle in your own life eternally impact the lives of those that you know and love. They are the times where the battles that almost took you out become worth it. 
And while your story may not just be for you, God redeeming what it is that you have been through as He shares it with others and bears fruit in the lives of others, well, that is for you. Every redemption, every connection, every life saved and destiny changed, every victory, this is our story. It's the story of a people that God so loved that He sent His only Son that whoever believed in Him would not perish but would have eternal life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.